Hey folks, it's David Bourne from NewWildMedia.com and this is the Stay Creative Podcast, episode four, my first interview of the series. I am proud to say it is an interview with my friend Brew Davis who lives here in Asheville, North Carolina. I sat him down because I just had to hear about a hike he decided to do to celebrate his 40th birthday. Brew hiked from Asheville all the way up Mount Mitchell, which is the highest mountain east of the Mississippi River. And that is quite a feat. He ran and hiked, uh, took him most of the day. Of course, Brew is uh, a long-distance hiker. Uh, He didn't just set out to do this one day. Uh, But he did it to uh, raise awareness about a local local weekday meal for folks who are down on their luck. It's called Lunch at the Crossroads. So I wanted to find out why that inspired him. I also wanted to find out why he was inspired to pursue music uh, sort of late in life. He, he did that at age 39. His album, his, his first album was debuted in 2018. And so I asked him about that. I also asked him about just what keeps him going, what keeps him inspired, and how does he stay creative. So hope you'll give this a listen. And uh, to find out how much money this project raised, uh, go to newwildmedia.com slash Brew Davis. It's spelled just like it sounds, B-R-E-W-D-A-V-I-S. Find that out, find out how much money Brew and, and uh, his friends raised for this lunch at the Crossroads, and also find out how to find brew on the web. You can always find me, David Bourne, at newwildmedia.com. Thanks for listening, and here's the interview with Brew. Brew, since this is you're my first interview, it's probably going to all go to pot. So. <laughs> okay. So um, low expectations are the key to uh, <laughs> that's right it's to an a, enjoyable life. It's all all only place to go is up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm here talking to Brew Davis in his house here in downtown Asheville. Hey, Brew. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. Absolutely. Thanks for being my first guest. Oh, it's it's fun to be first sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guinea pig. That's right. So um, the reason I decided that Brew would be a great first guest is I know Brew real well, and I know that he... Uh, that he does a lot of different creative stuff, but the latest thing he did, which kind of kicked this whole idea off, was, well, you tell us, Brie, what's the latest thing you've done? Um, on Saturday, this past Saturday, I ran and hiked from our house in downtown Asheville up to Mount Mitchell, which is the uh, tallest mountain east of the Mississippi. Yeah, I think it's 6,600, 6,700 feet, something like that, and it was a 40-mile uh, adventure, and it gained 11,000 feet, and um, it took me almost 12 hours. So. Wow. So from downtown Asheville, North Carolina, to the top of Mount Mitchell, and how does one 
How does one, I got a lot of questions, but <laughs> you know, logistically, like you were on trail most of that time, right? Yeah, I ran from here to the Vance Memorial downtown and then I ran by church and tried to take a picture, but it was still dark, so it didn't turn out very well. But then I ran out um, about six or seven miles um, to the mountains to sea trail which is a trail that we love and are very familiar with because it kind of makes a crescent around Asheville. And, uh, and I got on the trail there and then I had about 34 miles. Um, it was actually a little more, I think it was closer to 41 miles total, but, um, yeah, I was on the trail most of the time. And, um, uh, I, I've done a lot of things like this in the past Mm -hmm. and have it pretty dialed in. Um, as far as like, you know, trying to do some resupply things and not carry everything all at once and actually use hiking poles toward the end of the the second half of the of the hike um, when your your legs are starting to go a little bit and the terrain's getting rockier and higher and things like that. So there's a lot of thought that went into it and trying to get it as as dialed in as possible where I'm carrying only the things I need and because you know, you want to try to travel light and fast. So sure. Yeah, sure. So this is all in one day, right? Yeah. I started at, um, five fifteen, and I actually told Jen the night before that if I couldn't sleep, I was just going to wake up and go <laughs> if it mm. was like 1am or 3am or whatever. But I slept until about 4:45 and woke up before the alarm went off and then had a quick breakfast and some coffee and walked out the door and started the started the clock and um uh yeah so i started at 5:15 and and finished about 4:55 or something in the afternoon um yeah. up at mount mitchell wow so you said that you've you've done stuff like this before um so this was not new but kind of and i want to talk about that in a minute but in terms of this idea like where did this idea come from and and why did this happen and I, um, yeah, there are different parts to that the, the idea for kind of the, the physical component, um, I have a friend named Isaiah Mosteller who lives here in town. And when he turned 40 several years ago, he did the same sort of thing from his house up to Pisgah, um, which, uh, uh, that was something that always kind of stuck with me. I thought, Ooh, that's really cool. He turned 40 and he, he, you know, wanted to do 40 miles and, and, um, I think for me, the biggest physical wrinkle was that um, I tore my ACL years ago and had it surgically repaired and um, have always continued to hike and um, and do section hikes on the Appalachian Trail every year of uh, one or 200 miles. Um, but hiking is a lot less impact on your joints and especially when you use hiking poles. And um, so... I I do trail run still quite a bit, but I don't do ultra marathons as much as I used to, or really at all. I haven't I hadn't done any um, ultra marathons since 2013 when I did a. That was the last time I did. I did something like this, um, and I've done a 50 mile, um, couple 50 mile races, and even one 100 mile race years ago. Um, but this felt honestly a little more challenging because it was just I'm removed from it and and from being uh you know in top form the way that I maybe had been years ago and and uh 
and having we've got two young kids and you know that always throws another another variable in the mix and um so I just wanted to kind of do it I I, I joked that this was I called it um Martin to Mitchell because we live off of Martin Luther King Drive in Asheville and then I I said I'm also calling it a midlife crisis because I just (laughs) wanted to kind of prove to myself that I could still do something like this even when I um I was I've been in pretty good shape because I did a hike up in Maine and New Hampshire in September um but and I thought in the back of my mind maybe I could try to do something like this uh on the heels of of that hike because I'd be relatively in shape um having done you know 18 or 20 22 miles a day in some really rugged terrain that's very very similar and even more challenging in some ways than the than what I did on Saturday but um uh, yeah, so that was kind of the physical challenge, and um, and I thought about trying to do a fundraiser um, because, and I, I hadn't mentioned that yet, but um, our church has a really um, amazing ministry called Lunch at the Crossroads, um, and since we're situated in downtown Asheville, uh, there's a, a pretty large homeless population and people that are just you know down on their luck and and uh and the church has done a, a really good job of of uh letting people know that that's available every Thursday at lunch and not just um that but it also brings together people from our church with those people to to build relationships and get to know them and um uh yeah I don't know I I think it's I just think it's a, a really amazing um, ministry and I thought well maybe I could try to get people to donate a dollar a mile um, forty dollars seems like a, a good good amount of money to <laughs> try to um, yeah. to ask for for donations and and uh, and my friend one of my friends from Nashville where I grew up Nashville Tennessee joked that he said I'm not giving you a dollar a mile I'm just giving you forty dollars for the last mile um, <laughs> so for the 40th mile so I had to finish but um, and so there was some pressure to do to to finish because you don't want to come up short or feel like you're. Um, I I don't think people would be like I'm taking my money back, but you know, at the same time you just want to finish what you started. And and um, I've been really fortunate and thankful that pretty much every one of these adventures that I've ever had, I've had good health. And uh, even when like on Saturday the weather was really crummy, but uh, it wasn't so bad that it like blew me off the mountain or kept me from continuing so um so yeah it's kind of you know provision you you get what you need and and uh um yeah but everything on saturday went really well yeah so talking about community and and uh what inspires you i one of the things i want to do with this uh with this series is is figure out what inspires people to do what they do whatever it is they do but uh, community seems to be something that you have uh, used. Like so, so you're not just a, a, a hiker. Um, you're a musician as well, a dad, a very busy dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you work with your your wife Jen. Um, she's touring around the country promoting her her books. And uh, tell us a little bit about Jen. But I but I guess the question I'm trying to get to is that community because you seem to. I know you care about community, but it's something that, that you fold into what you do. And I think that's interesting, but I'm curious why you. Yeah. Um, 
Well, Jen is um, really remarkable person and, and uh, it's a Absolutely. challenge to keep up with her <laughs> um, in a lot of different ways, but uh, she's been a long distance hiker since she finished college in 2005 and she's done through hikes on the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail and um, trails all over the world. And she in 2011 set the fastest known time on the Appalachian Trail um, by hiking 47 miles a day for 46 straight days. And I helped her do that by meeting her at road crossings and giving her snacks and setting up the tent and things like that. But um, she's also an author who's written seven books and she's got an eighth coming out next year and she's working on a ninth this year. And so she doesn't, she hasn't slowed down a bit. Um, but she also is a speaker and she's a really phenomenal speaker and, um, does everything from fortune 500 companies down to local running clubs and rotaries and things like that. So, um, she's, she's very successful at, at all the things that she's done. And in a lot of ways kind of raises the bar for me to keep up and, make sure that what I'm doing is, um, you know, at that level. Cause if it's not, then it's not really worth doing. <laughs> and, um, uh, I think, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of her, her story. Um, as far as community goes, we we're really fortunate. We live adjacent to church and, um, we, we found that the house that we live in, um, is is just barely east of downtown and i mean we can look out our bedroom windows and see the start of kind of the commercial district and uh um it's about a you know less than a 10 minute walk up to the middle of everything and um i think that uh that's really neat it's something that we love as as people who like to walk we like being able to walk and um, we really love the community, um, in, in downtown Asheville, um, and in broader, the broader, you know, kind of metro area of Asheville, uh, and church is a huge part of that for us. And we've been going to First Baptist for six years, I think. Um, and, um, the people are just so warm and caring and really woven themselves into the fabric of downtown and um the the like service component is huge at first baptist um people are constantly doing things locally um for elementary schools or for habitat for humanity um or for other um you know, groups like Lunch at the Crossroads or, or faith communities, um, the church lets um, downtown groups use the facility uh, because it's available, and that's a way that they can build relationships. And um, they also do a lot of, beyond that, you know, hurricane relief down in South Carolina or, or um, churches in Cuba that we're connected with and which you've done. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, I think, I don't know, I think just kind of the idea of um, leaning in and uh, life's, um, I heard somebody say recently that, um, actually as a Catholic priest, I think that, that I was listening to on a, on a YouTube video, he said, you know, we get on, we, life's like getting on a boat and you think you're getting on a cruise ship and then it turns out to be a battleship <laughs> and it's just not what you expect. It's a lot tougher. And, um, 
and because of that you know um you need community and you need people to help you um when you fall in hard times and that's what lunch at the crossroads does and i think that's what our um our church is about and and uh it's just it's it's encouraging for me i mean i can talk about that more later but it's that's what drives me i guess is is just trying to um you know trying to be part of that fabric and part of the be interwoven uh in a really tangible way with the people that that you live in close proximity to um mm-hmm. as much as anything yeah so uh that's uh I know you're a musician uh, before, but didn't you didn't you start out there at that at the church? Tell us a little bit about how that happened with the music. With your stuff. music, yeah. And um, well, I worked at a record label, um, Sugar Hill Records, in Durham, right out of college, and had even back into high school been. I don't know. I think some people gravitated toward like grunge rock or whatever and for some reason when I was a sophomore junior senior I gravitated toward um bluegrass Americana music and I think it was for me a lot about authenticity and feeling like I I kind of my mom's family in particular grew out grew lived out in the country a little more and and for some reason I just identified with that and I think that's the same the music parallels the the hiking Mm. interest I mean just this like roots <laughs> in a literal mm-hmm. way, but, but, uh, feeling like, especially in today's culture, the need to be grounded. And, um, I think music that has those, those roots, um, in Americana and in Southern Appalachia and the South in general, uh, has been appealing to me. I didn't grow up particularly musical. I didn't grow up musical at all. Um, I, I've always had a pretty good voice, but it wasn't trained in any way. And in fact, I'm still learning how to sing. I, I feel like I'm a lot better singer now than I was when I made my first record <laughs> a year and a half ago. Um, so that that's cool because it keeps, you know, you, you feel like you're getting better. But um, but yeah, I just uh, wanted to start um, learning how to, to mostly songwrite and um the church and Clark and Karen Sorrells, Karen Sorrells primarily started the Academy for the Arts, which is another community thing that they've um, done and brought people in from from way beyond the church walls and uh, really have an amazing group of instructors and um, and students that come in that are, you know, you see these like seven-year-olds that are like 10 times as musical as me. Uh, and, uh, but that I started taking lessons from Jerry Sutton, who's Brian Sutton's dad. And if anybody listens to bluegrass, they're probably very familiar with Brian Sutton. Who's won a gosh, a truckload of Grammys over the years for guitar work. Uh, and then I took some lessons from Josh Goforth and Jerry in particular, right out of the gate would say, we'd have lessons on Tuesday afternoons and I'd come in and he'd say, all right, well have a new song for me by next week. And so the first two months I probably wrote seven or eight songs, which is awesome. And that really jump started everything. And I think I'm not at all trained musically. Um, and I'm not trained lyrically either. Although I, you know, I was fortunate to have a good education and take English classes with some great professors in college and teachers in high school and things like that. And so it's all been really organic and um, 
I feel like I'm a better songwriter this year than I was three years ago when I started. And, uh, and that's a really neat thing. But, but I think in, in a way it's, uh, you know, the idea of folk music is just figuring things out as you go along, um, and experimenting and sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. And, um, so I, I think that that's one thing that kind of gives me some, um, confidence or peace when I am standing next to these people that are really uh, farther along than me or more talented or have been doing it for, you know, 20 years, like the, you know, Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour thing. I'm nowhere near that. But, but I think just, you know, being comfortable with who you are and, and also, you know, feeling like you're just doing the things that, um, that you've been given to do and you just do your best. And, and, uh, so that's, that's the music thing. And, um, Clark and Karen have been great. And Tommy Bratton, uh, he's one of the pastors at church and they asked me to play on a pretty regular basis. I get to play songs and those are usually more religious Christian songs, overtly Christian. Um, I don't play a lot of my music is more kind of secular. Um, although there's a lot of times Christian undertones to, th- to things, but anyway, it's been neat to, to be encouraged by everyone at church. Um, and I think when I played my first, um, concert back in February at a local music hall, it was, uh, we sold it out and had over 150 people. And a lot of the guys that I play with who are really talented musicians locally were just kind of floored that there was that kind of turnout. And one of my friends asked the other friend that night later he's like why how did like you know Rue, how'd you end up getting so many people there and the other guy said he goes to church that's how he got so many people but <laughs> but that's the community thing you know yeah. it's like when people care about you and they want to support you whether you can sing or not uh and and so that's that was really i felt very uh encouraged and and love that that night so that was really cool yeah yeah well i was there for that and uh i remember looking around and going wow there's a lot of people here i know <laughs> and uh but uh that was a that was a neat night and i i i really um you know it, you had some really amazing musicians up there on stage and i was really impressed one of the things that that uh stood out to me about you is that you kind of, it looked like you started from zero. Like I remember you were taking classes at, and, and then here you are, it was it a even, maybe it was longer than it seemed like, but it seemed like, Oh my gosh, this guy's recorded an album mm-hmm. and written all these amazing songs. And he's got all these folks uh, cheering him on. It just seemed like it happened really fast. Yeah. I, I think it, it kind of, it did. Um, but I, I'd been playing, I'd been tooling around on guitar for a little bit. I hadn't Mm. been trying to songwrite. That part Mm. happened quickly. Okay. And I think, um, you know, I, I ended up, I'm, I'm good buddies with a guy named Charles Humphrey who, um, has won Grammys and bluegrass and is an incredible songwriter. And, um, he, I asked him if he would help produce or if I made a record, would he help produce it? And he said, well, yeah, but I kind of want to. I, I kind of want you to do it with my guys because I know them, and that's one less variable since mm. you're so inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to them, and we went to Nashville and made the record. and And I think there's there's a couple of takeaways for me from that. One is if you surround yourself with good people, um, good things are going to happen. Mm. And 
I mean, a community again, I guess, but, mm-hmm. but those guys are, I mean, really world-class first rate musicians that I had no business playing with, but, um, but they're kind and open-minded and thought that my music was, was good enough that it was worth getting out there. And so they, they got on board and, um, yeah, but it, I think by doing that, it let me make a record that I'm really proud of, um, overall. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I look, I do, I kind of look back and think, you know, I've listened to, uh, there's a couple of, ra- there's a radio station here called WNCW and there's one in East Tennessee called WDVX. And I've been listening to them and donating to them for close to 20 years. And, um, you know, when they have their pledge drives and stuff. And, uh, and here I am getting to listen to a song at 1130 in the morning on, you know, I'm like listening to the radio and I hear my song and I'm like, golly, I never would have imagined that. You know I mean? I just, if you'd told me five or 10 years ago, Hey, you're going to make a record and it's going to be on these stations that you listen to for so long. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think, and, and, but the, the funny thing to me about that is like, even as I was listening to it, I was kind of like, I mean, there's a lot of satisfaction in it, but there's also a what's next component. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, sweet, that's awesome. And you appreciate it and you 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 revel in it, but then you also, you can't just be satisfied with it. I mean, you can, like if I wanted, if that was all I wanted was, hey, I got a song on WDVX or, or you know, WNCW, that's really cool. But if you, you know, you got to keep raising the bar mm-hmm. as a, if you want to, if you want to be better at something, you can't just like say, Oh, I learned this scale or, you know, I ran this race or whatever in this time. It's like, all right, sweet. Well, that's my PR. What's my new PR going to be? Um, and so I think that it kind of happens naturally this, this, um, you know, level of, uh, a healthy level of dissatisfaction can be really good and challenging for, um, you know, for people when they're in any, in anything, um, you want to keep pushing yourself. And, and, um, I, I've got another friend locally who plays music and he gets to play his own stuff. Um, he doesn't, which there's no, you know, n- nothing wrong with playing covers, but he, he's, you know, he's created a r- relationship with these local venues that they let him, they're very comfortable with him playing his own stuff. And he said, as long as I'm improving, and progressing, I'm gonna keep doing it. And if I ever get to a point where I'm not, then I'll know it's probably time to to stop doing it because he's been doing it a long time. He's older than me, but um, I think that was really good advice. It's it, you know, it's uh, you always just want to keep pushing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when you said PR, that's that's personal record, yes, right? Personal record, yeah. not public relations. <laughs> but I knew what you meant. And uh, so, personal records. Or I guess uh, there's something that uh, in the in the outdoor industry is probably a term that gets used a lot. So anything are there things that you do on a regular basis that add to that? Like so, this series the the, the tagline is um, Siri. Just <laughs> 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 my phone heard me say Siri. <laughs> okay. Sorry That's about funny. that. Uh, kind of funny. <laughs> um, that one's supposed to happen, but there it did. I'm going to try to say something with the word <laughs> so it does it again. <laughs> so in this program, one of the things I'm looking at is uh, because after years of, of trying to be creative, and I, I've I've recognized that there are things that I do on a regular basis 
that help? Are there things that you do on a regular basis, either daily or, uh, you know, things that may not be directly tied to the, the things you're doing? Maybe they're not directly tied to outdoor pursuits or, or uh, athletic pursuits. Maybe they're not tied to music. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you do that you would say that keep you inspired, keep you going? Um, I think, you know, I don't know, maybe it's, it's obvious, but putting yourself in places where you are inspired, um, for me, that's being outside in the woods. And I, I had this, uh, moment, you know, 35 miles in the run where it's tough. I mean, it was cloudy all day and rainy and dreary and 45 degrees and, you know, messy. And I was up there on, on the black mountains and I got this whiff of, I don't know how to describe it except the mountain smell. It's like incredibly fecund and like lush. And it's not, lush implies tropical. It's not tropical. It just smells like everything is so wet and alive. Um, and and it was like a, like it got in my nostrils and it was just like a jolt, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause that's my favorite smell in the world. Mm. Cause it means I'm doing something awesome. Mm. Um, so I think putting yourself in places where you're inspired is huge. Whether that's like, you know, for me right out of the gate, a couple of months after I started songwriting, I went to a songwriter camp, um, in the Catskills in New York. And that was huge just to be around other people that were digging the same thing I was digging. So that's important. Mm-hmm. I also think like taking time away from kind of the, uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. Like if you're not feeling it, take a, take a break from it. And you know, if you're, if you're doing, I mean, there's certain things that, you know, you might need to take a micro break cause you can't get away from work for a month or whatever, but, but like just let your brain rest. Um, and when I'm writing a song, if it's not working, I just leave it. Like don't beat your head against a wall. And I think I've had to approach it that way and be like maximize my efficiency because I've got a two-year-old and a six-year-old. And so it's like, you kind (laughs) of, you know, I don't have time to waste anymore. Um, And, uh, but I also, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think just um, trying to, uh, I, I think with songwriting and it's probably true with everything else um, or with running too. Cause in a way it's kind of the same thing I did with this, this um, trail run. The idea of like you, you lit like the way I learned how to, the way I learned about music was listening to thousands of CDs and, and songs um, f- from this particular genre of bluegrass and Americana. And I don't know anything about, you know, what I'm, I couldn't tell you what note I'm playing or if I'm holding a half note or any of that stuff right now, but I've listened to it and internalized it. Um, but at some point you have to get beyond that and you have to do something really original. And, and I think, you know, so you kind of, that's a tricky thing. Like, how do you, how do you take what somebody, how do you take what you've learned from others and make it your own and kind of push beyond those boundaries? And, um, I think that's what, that's what Jen did when she did her record. She had a, she had a couple of mentors that were big into hiking and trail running. And she, if she had listened to them and swallowed everything that they said whole on that record attempt, she would have failed. She mm. would have quit. This was the, the Appalachian the, trail the record. record yeah, yeah. In 2011, cause they wanted her to do it a certain way. One of them wanted her to run more and the other wanted her to run, to hike farther up North. 
uh, where the, the trail's really rugged. And together, we both knew that wasn't the right thing to do. And we had to kind of, at some point, you got to like say no, you know, and march to your own drummer. And it's tricky to figure out when that time is. Um, and if you're really talented, you might be able to overcome it um, and just kind of stay in that, you know, place of stasis or whatever for longer but at some point it's going to catch up to you and I think that's with music um really where I am as far as like how can I like I need to be myself I don't want to just regurgitate stuff that that people have been doing and you know it fits into a into a genre but it's I'd like to think it's my own thing and um if it's not then I need to I need to probably take a break or, you know, figure out how to make it my own thing. Um, whatever that is to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, yeah, so, so those are all aspects of creativity that are, uh, you know, that are fun. And, and like the, with the trail run thing, um, doing 40 miles, like I kind of mentioned, well, my friend Isaiah did it from his house. And, um, so in a way I was sort of doing the same thing, but I think it was really fun to do it from downtown where we live and to, to run by church. And, um, you know, you kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it was a lot more fun than if I'd run. There's a kind of a more popular thing that people do, which is a 50 K from, from the folk art center in Asheville up to the, to Mount Mitchell. And, and, um, and which I pretty much did that, but I just ran from home. So it was just more personal to me to get to run from home. So I think trying to, figure out what what's fun for you and what make what makes it worth doing yeah yeah wow so what's next brew davis well not running for a few days a few more days <laughs> um i actually yeah. ran on monday two days after with a friend just a show with my buddy charles a musician um for maybe three and a half miles so that was really good just to and actually helped because my i think it loosened my knee up a lot but um yeah i'm gonna just keep working on um all the stuff that i'm doing and and try to um probably make another record next year and uh Great. um figure out if i want to try to how professional i want to be with this music thing and um and keep without compromising what my wife and i have built with her career because she's really a lot farther along 10 years down the road and um can make a really good living doing what she's doing and um yeah, I don't know. I think the most important thing for me in my life, we you're catching me at a good time because I've been thinking about all this stuff. We had a quote-unquote work retreat yesterday, just the two of us, and got to talk talk through a lot of this. But for me, my biggest goal um, for myself is balance and trying to have you know work balance, getting to be creative and play music, getting to be healthy and do things like trail running and always spending time with our kids and with our family and, um, you know, church and having, having, um, yeah, just, just being, you know, um, alive spiritually and things like that. So yeah, just some sort of a, of a, uh, combination of all that stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you've had a, you've had a good track record so far. So yeah. uh, appreciate the the inspiring that you've done, and uh, where can folks find find you and and keep in touch with what you're doing, Brew? Um, on Facebook with the the trail running stuff, um, and Instagram, um, and then my music stuff's on brewdavis.com. It's a 
I'm one of those lucky people that have a unique name. So it's just, I, I lucked out and got my own, uh, URL. Yeah. It's just brew like you brew coffee or beer Davis at Gmail or sorry, brew Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's where my music stuff is. Great. Well, thanks for being my first interview. And, um, so uh, I assume people can still give to this. Uh, yes, if they would um, like. Yeah, they can give it for your. The church website is FBCA. Um, I don't know the military. Net. Yeah, FBCA.net. That's right. So First Baptist Church Asheville, um, but FBCA.net. And then you can follow the online giving link. And um, I think I'll find out today the majority of how much we raised for lunch at the crossroads. But. Um, people donated 40 bucks or I think some people might have donated more and some people donated 20 or 10 or whatever, but, uh, it's ongoing. So, um, yeah, that's cool. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Thank we you. Appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for interviewing me. Absolutely.